0: All
1: right, welcome back for another episode. This week we'll take a look back at the Cavs game against Pacific on November 7th look ahead to the Cavs' last game of the year against Forge, as well as our semi-final match against Pacific. I'm Schaaf, alongside me, as always, Doogie. How you doing, my friend?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been, uh, been an exciting couple weeks, and yeah. we've got a, an, another exciting couple weeks ahead of us. So
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, no, I'm I'm doing well. It looks, looks like Cavalry's doing well. They, you know have can, kind of came off a couple stronger for performances than than what we've seen in the past. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we might be seeing that old cavalry team that we've we've been missing here.
1: Let's hope so. Just in time to hit playoffs and, you know, get healthy, get ready. So um, hopefully it's going to be good. Doogie, we've seen PFC so much throughout this year. We're facing them yet again in the semifinal after having just beat them. One nothing last weekend, and it was a tight match. Um, no one really ran away with it. Do you think we have PFC's number? Do you think this is a good matchup for the Cavalry coming into the playoffs?
0: Well, I'm not quite sure about have their number. Yeah. Um, you know we've had some strong performances against them as of late. Mm-hmm. However, you know, it's it's overall it's been a fairly even bout throughout the season and
1: uh yeah we crunched some numbers here a little bit before the game in all competitions it's um pretty well dead even
0: yeah it was something like three wins for each team and a draw up the middle and i mean that's including the the canadian championship match that they knocked us out on but that you know over this year we've proven to be pretty evenly matched teams and I think over all of those wins and things like that I don't believe any team has won by more than two goals so it's as far as having a team's number I don't think either of us have a handle on either team's number as of yet and I think that uh it, yeah, is it's, it's going to be it's going to be a really good matchup, I think.
1: That's exactly it. I think it is going to be a really good matchup. You know, either one of these teams very much deserves to be in that final. And you know, l- let's hope that Forge have maybe a little slip up in their matchup against York.
0: These are these are two teams that have fought neck and neck this entire season and they've you know, they've as you said seen each other how many times. Oh, yeah. So it's familiar foes and um yeah, they they are really, really gonna have to fight for this win and whoever does, you would have to say it deserves to be in the final, whether it is against Forge or York. Let's go York, Let's I'm go York, saying. Yeah. York would be great because to tell the truth, that is the only the only way that uh cavalry are gonna be able to host the final is yeah. if York, York wins this upcoming game in the in the playoffs against Forge. So Let's that's, go, Nine Stripes. Yeah, so that's you know we, all of Alberta is going to be rooting yep. for you, Nine Stripes, and uh, yeah, it'd be great to it'd be great to host the final
1: yet again. We'll make a couple predictions here in a couple minutes as we get ready for a Cavs. Busy stretch here. But first, let's look back at the game that was against Pacific here. And, you know, Cavs con- continued their strong start on this one. 16th minute in, Cavalry put one past Callum Irving. And it was Farsi, again, with a beautiful ball, crossed it into the box to find Joe Mason. And, you know, that's Joe's seventh of the year.
0: What did I tell you? Did I not tell you that last, you know, last podcast? It's... He is a great striker yep. and he is a a player that we you know we'd love to have on the, on this cavalry team. I mean um when when you look at, at Joe, Joe Mason it's and you ask yourself is he is he one possibly one of the most consistent strikers that cavalry have ever had? Yeah. You know mm-hmm. it, it, you'd you'd list as as a pure all-out striker you have Dominic Malonga. Mil- yeah, yeah, Jordan Brown. Jordan Brown. Yeah. Oliver Minnettel,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Marcus Haber. Right. And I mean, he's definitely up there. He yeah. would, you, know, you would have to probably put maybe Jordan Brown yeah. just for longevity and, uh, you know, how, how many goals he scored. And he, he stuck around with the team longer than a uh, Marcus Haber, longer than unfortunately even an Oliver has because of injuries. Mm-hmm. And of course, Dominic left after the first season. So uh, you might have to say he's he's one of our you know strongest strikers that we've ever had on this team, and he's really shown it. Unfortunately, not quite on the penalty spot, mm. but I mean, neither has anyone, anyone this season. So what can you say about that,
1: really? One last chance this season for the Cavs to get a penalty goal. So fingers crossed. You know we'll, we'll know what Forge will have in store, but you know. Didn't happen in this game, that's for sure. No, you know?
0: and uh, no. As I said, Joe Mason, a, a great, great first touch on his chest to get that goal, and and he slots it in perfectly. So yeah. they they find themselves up early. That's what they wanted. That's that's what they need to do against these this Pacific team against forge even against York if they face them
1: yeah absolutely and let's talk a little bit about Mo Farsi who created that opportunity Mo has been looking fantastic and he had another excellent game as he has for basically most of the season he could be a player we need to keep our eyes on hopefully we still have him in the lineup next year but I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting some looks from maybe some bigger clubs maybe some MLS size pick him up
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, he's an attractive player to have on your team. He he works hard defensively, but he's always pushing, he's always pushing offensively. You you can kind of compare him with almost like an Alfonso Davies on on the wing kind of thing. Yep. You know, he he backtracks his tail off and yep. um and he's working for those balls, but the moment he sees that we're winning possession, even it's that's that pure professional is seeing it almost just before we win possession, and you see, oh, here it is, we're gonna get it. And he starts making his break into space, he finds himself getting crosses on the wing and putting pinpoint crosses yeah. into the box. So he's such an important player to us, and would love to see him again in a cavalry uniform will it happen who knows you know yeah. the the cpl is becoming an attractive league to look at as as Good far assets. as development players assets you know people to sign so i i would think he's on radars already oh, as yeah. you said
1: You know, and Cavalry and Farsi still had a few more chances on net there in the PFC game. You know, just in the second half there, we saw Dan Klomp with a crossbar. Another big opportunity for Joe Mason right in the box. And, you know, even Karifa Yao almost gets his head on one just before that halftime whistle. And the second half didn't really change the story. The Cavs were still coming on strong and PFC were desperate to try to get any sort of opportunities.
0: No, and PFC did have a few opportunities. In the 28th minute, Victor Blasco, you know, he he shows why this team's been so dangerous all year. If they get the chance anywhere within range outside of the box... They'll take it on. And Pacific have scored goals like that all season from Marco Bustos to Manny Aparicio, Victor Blasco, as I said there, yeah. Josh Hurd. So they're a dangerous team, and we're gonna have to close them down early if we, you know, wanna progress in the in the playoffs against them. Because as we've seen most of their attempts this game like you said they did come from outside of the box but some of these guys are really blasting in it and if they find that proper angle or get it on the up right side of the post which lucky for us they were all on the the wrong side for them so yeah if they it, you know if they hit the net with a couple of these it it can be real trouble and we've seen it before this season so definitely a team that we're going to have to close down early but you know Cavs did have some some great opportunities as you said and Mo Farsi again blocked shot pushing right and Dan Klomp yeah. off the crossbar like you said so It was a it was a good bout and it was was, a good match as as we've said all season been like that
1: yeah and hopefully the Cavs defense is starting to gel together a little bit more because we're gonna need them to hold that wall together to hold that back line as we come and face PFC in the final this weekend the semifinal coming up
0: and they did that against Pacific last game so you know keep that up you know with a one nothing win against Pacific it's that that's all you need in the final too, right? So if we can get that early goal and if we can uh you know, play defense like we like we did on uh that that previous game, then we're looking we're looking good. We're looking a formidable team.
1: Yeah, I have high hopes. We're gonna be able to pull it off this weekend on the twentieth, a one PM kickoff here at Spruce Meadows. And I'm anticipating another close one, but maybe I think with more goals this time, one thing is going to be a 3-2 final for the Cavs. That will see them with their third consecutive appearance in the CPL final. What do you think, in Doogie, this weekend, PFC?
0: I'm going to go with a, you know, I guess... I wanted to say a classic 2-1. Yeah. I'm going to go a 2-0. Two n- two two I'm nil. going big. Going big or go home, right? right. I'm going with 2-0, and I I have faith faith that the defense is uh, going gonna to play a game like they did last time and keep them on the perimeter. Marco's going to do his job, and yep. that's what I'm going for, a 2-0 win. All
1: right, yeah. Cavalry. Us, Cavalry, yeah. Get us Office. in the final again this year. But before we get to that semifinal game, we do have... One last game in the books here, November 16th, against our greatest enemy, Forge. This game will have real, like, no impact on final standings, but I'm not really expecting the boys to phone it in on this one.
0: No, definitely not, and it's a chance to feel out a team that you might be playing later in yeah. in the playoffs, possibly, so, you know we see the CPL season concluding and we've clinched second there's no way that we can catch them they have roughly a plus 15 goal difference wow. and uh compared to uh, you know a plus 3 or something like that yeah. so you know maybe if we can get that you know 14 nothing win yep. or something like that we yeah. we can maybe host host that game <laughs> and and you know, flip up the finals, but yeah. I don't really see that coming and happening. But, um,
1: no, that'd be a quite quite the, the turnaround for the cavalry to come out with a 14-0 victory on that one. And I was kind of thinking we might see a little bit more rotation, try to save the boys for the final.
0: They're going to want to test their lineups and finalize things for this really important Pacific game. Yeah. So, you know, I think we might maybe see. A little bit of a test in the waters of uh, Ali Musi, maybe back yeah. a bit, uh, you know, see if he can get a bit, few more minutes into a game, and uh, who knows? They, I'm not sure if if uh, the gaffer has any big plans in store or big changes in store, but. Um, you know he's you know he has some sort of plan and he's going to be testing out things going to be yeah. making sure he has backup plans he's going to be making sure he knows where everybody is so it, it it's going to be a game that he definitely brings out you know, brings out the force and brings out the cavalry, I guess you'd say. Bringing the
1: cavalry, yeah, you know, that's what I think. We will be seeing a bit of that rotation, some of the players, you know, kind of managing minutes here in the final stretch. And, you know, Forge might have a bit of a deeper bench than we do. So, Forge is doing the same thing, rotating this. I don't think it's going to be really in the Cavs' favor necessarily. I could see them losing this one, but that's not what I'm going to predict. I'm I'm calling for a draw. I'm, I'm calling for a 1-1 draw on this one.
0: That's probably a good guess, you know, and they've had a tough stretch of games, Forge. They've been able to pull out some victories when it looked like they couldn't, so don't hold them out, right? And, um, yeah, I guess if I had to pick something, I'll go, let's go with a 1-0
1: victory, Cavalry. Nice, nice. Yes, it's an exciting final push for the Cavs, and hopefully we'll see York 9 in the final. That's... That'd be a real surprise, but that's um that's my hope. All right, well, Canada men's national team are also on an exciting push right now for their first World Cup burst since the 1986 World Cup. And we'll be back just after a quick word from our sponsor and break down what that's going to look like for the Canadian men. I love to bake, but I either don't have the time or i am missing a crucial ingredient. That all changed when I discovered Lazy Bake, Baking kits delivered right to your door. I just need a couple basic ingredients and I'm baking like a pro. All you need is water for delicious campfire cookies or a can of beer for the dilipino beer bread. LazyBake makes baking a breeze for even the most inexperienced baker. Visit lazybake.com and enter promo code BRBFOOTY for 25% off your first order. LazyBake.com promo code BRBFOOTY. LazyBake. Baking made easy. Okay, let's talk national team. Huge couple weeks for Canadian
0: soccer, Shafe. I mean, with the conclusion of the CPL season coming hard and fast, we see Canada soccer ramping upwards into their stretch of World Cup qualification. They're, you know, they're in the final stretch. They've got some big games ahead, but they've been arguably doing what they need to haven't they
1: oh absolutely they're doing what they're gonna need to to qualify Canada for the second time ever for the World Cup so I mean we took on Costa Rica on the 12th here up in Edmonton and Doogie and I were there what a night
0: great crowd great atmosphere wasn't it and I mean the stands were packed yeah
1: jammed in there like sardines that concourse was you couldn't even navigate that i was getting pushed around from all sides
0: no there is yeah if there won't be any going into the uh the concourse for me on the second game at at halftime because that was just bonkers in there um but you love to see it how much red and white was in the in the stands and and it's just it was bumping oh it was it was such a great atmosphere everyone was having a great time you know from from f- first time soccer fans to lifetime soccer fans and i hope they've made some lifetime fans yep. that night it really looked like that kind of that kind of day you know it was a it was a magical night you could say and uh Canada soccer started up on the on the front foot with, you know, majority of their chances in the first half, I'd say coming coming to them and, you know, 6th minute they had a contested header outside the mm-hmm. box. Um, you know, Alfonso Davies had a had a shot had a shot even like on goal that was bound and
1: uh Yeah, that one right there in like the 15th minute Alfonso took a crack. It got deflected out for that corner kick, but Canada saw a lot of corners and that corner kick actually led to a really, really good chance there for Canada to get ahead early on.
0: Almost an own goal off the Costa Rican defender, you know, came crashing off the crossbar and we had a great, great view for that one. Didn't we? And fifth row. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was, uh, they, they came out bumping, and that's what they've been doing, and that's what they need to do. They need to come out with confidence against these teams and need to come out, you know, out of the gates running.
1: Yeah, and they seem to kind of have Costa Rica on the back foot for a lot of the game, really, for a lot of it. I mean, Costa Rica had a few nice chances there in the first half, and Borjan had to be quick, and he had to be on the ball that game.
0: Oh, definitely. And he made some good saves. You know, he he didn't let out any rebounds. And uh, as we've seen, rebounds can be huge in in games like this. And uh, no, Canada did well. They did well keeping them on the perimeter, Mm -hmm. keeping their shots to distance shots or, you know, contested. Um, headers or trying to get a foot on the ball in our box right and that's the thing is needs to be contested always needs to be contested and they were doing that so it's good to see you know Costa Rica had a couple good free kick opportunities that kind of thing but yeah. um, if you mark up and you do your job properly you can get past those and, and you know they see themselves going nil nil into the second half right
1: yeah Um, John Herdman has those boys well organized they're becoming a well-oiled machine they're closing down in the right spots where they need to well positioned so yep 0-0 at first half you know a few good chances and we really would love to see Alfonso Davies score in front of his hometown crowd but you know coming into the second half kind of kept on that pressure.
0: Yeah and you know at the start of the second half it's uh They did. They pushed and they pushed, and one of the other young, bright talents found a beautiful opportunity
1: falling to him. Oh, Tejon Buchanan, I love this kid, you know, a moment of brilliance when the ball was deflected, just coming up high, falling into the box where Tejon was, and times it perfectly. He jumps up for a beautiful little bicycle kick and smashes it off the crossbar.
0: Yeah, great acrobatics and I mean uh wow like yeah. that 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 could have been best goal of this entire tournament barring one goal Yeah I the guess. roadrunner
1: goal I think you called it from Alfonso Davies just
0: and I mean that's they play that all the time yeah. of what Thomas Muller saying aha meet meet the roadrunner right yeah. and it's like but that's literally that was it like that was yeah. like you could put it this they should animate or like put like basically when he nicks the ball off the defender on the sideline put that puff of smoke yeah. meep, like meep. that cartoon puff of smoke where it's like yeah and then just comes out with the ball because oh my god he didn't even break stride and we've talked about that one but <laughs> if tajon scored this goal my word that that could have been you know a goal of any tournament type thing Barring if you didn't have a world-class goal just last game, I guess, right? Well,
1: I'm glad that we have all these world-class young talents coming up in Canada. They're taking these chances, taking the the moments not to just put a goal on net, but to be brilliant.
0: Yeah, and as you said, you know, Alfonso Davies in his homecoming brought such excitement, and I mean... It would have been just amazing if he had of scored, you yeah. know, in that game. But we find it falling to yet another talented, talented uh, excitement in Canada soccer. Jonathan David scores the the one nil goal for us, and. What did I say? He sees it come to him off of, you know, a, a fumbled ball by the keeper. It's so important to hold on to balls. And, and uh, Borean did great that game doing so. And we see the mistake come from the Costa Rican keeper.
1: Yeah, the Costa Rican keeper wasn't able to collect that ball and smother it like he should have and yeah Jonathan David right there to pick it up and put an easy goal in past the Costa Rican keeper in the 57th minute
0: he's done what he's done all year with Lil with any team that he's playing on now you know those balls fall to him he, he just calmly shifts it from his yeah. right foot to his left foot Sees where the, the net is and it's in there before. Yeah. He, and nothing fancy. He doesn't smash it up high. He doesn't. He doesn't. If he doesn't need to, uh, he has scored goals for Lil like that where a defenders on the line and he smashes it up high. But. That's all that was needed, was put it in the corner, nice and low, put it in quickly, put it in accurately.
1: Calm, cool, collected. Jonathan David puts Canada on the board, 1-0. Canada is in the lead, and they didn't sit back on their laurels. You know, they didn't get too defensive on that one goal lead. They kept pushing and looking for that second goal.
0: No, Steven Vittoria actually had a great chance in the 61st minute, and the Costa Rican keeper made, you know an outstanding save. He redeemed himself a little bit for his fumbled ball, but um, yeah, outstanding hand save uh, on, on the Canadian defender and that, that kept them from getting that insurance goal, which they really wanted to get, didn't they?
1: Oh yeah. They wanted that second goal. They were hungry. They kept pushing Costa Rica back into their zone, looking to get that insurance goal. And you know, they, they came really dang close. They,
0: they almost did. Yeah. I mean, Canada, they looked like they got their go-ahead goal for that insurance, and uh, Kyle Laren just kind of, he got his hand on the ball in the box, didn't he? And yeah. I mean... Maybe that kind of plays off in in the Maradona days, but <laughs> not 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 anymore. No. Hey, they have everybody's watching. There's linesmen. There's this. There's that. I'm not quite sure if there's uh, VAR in this stage, but um, you know, it, it's yeah, you can't pull it off like the old Maradona days. And and that one did get called back, yeah. but. They, they still, after that, kept pushing, and they, you know, they had another young talent come in, and, and he made his debut, didn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, Ike Ugbo came in, you know, he's born in London, came up through the Chelsea camp, great young talent, just in his 20s here, he makes his Canada debut, and he makes an impact early on, gets a chance, coming up field and cracks one just wide of the net but the power that he had on that one I- i'm excited to see him take a lot of chances from distance
0: yeah well and i mean he hit, he hit that uh you know the post behind the net that yeah. holds the netting up and that thing was rattling and he he smashed that ball so that's that's how you have to score in the premier league you know we've seen as you said he's came from chelsea academy if you're practicing against these professional, professional goalkeepers, first of all, they're huge. They're all huge. <laughs> yeah. And second of all, like, my God, can they bound from one end of the net to the other and you have to smash it to beat them. Yeah. So you can see he where he's learned this and, and he is going to be an exciting talent to watch come up. He could be very important up front for Canada in the future.
1: Yeah, adds a lot of depth to our front row as well. So, I mean, that's what we need.
0: And we have tons of depth, and we're we're liking that. Keep it coming. Yeah. You know, we have uh, Theo Corbinu, uh coming up with Wolves, yeah. and he's not at this tournament, but he's somebody that he's so young, he, we could see him coming into the, the future lineups and for sure see these types of players playing a big part in, in Canada's either possibly upcoming World Cup campaign or the World Cup campaign where they're hosting. So it's super important to get these talents oiled and get these talents, uh, you know, playing their best now. And then we can can figure out what kind of team we put together for these tournaments.
1: The Bow River Brigade podcast is part of the Northern Starting Eleven Network. Online at NSXINetwork.com. Super exciting to be a Canada soccer fan right now. And the Canadian men will be taking on Mexico up in Edmonton on the 16th here. And you know, Canada's the only team in our group here to have two home games in this qualifying stage.
0: Yeah, Canada... Is, you know, they coming off a 1-0 a win against Costa Rica is so important, and having these home games, so, so oh, important. Yeah. We have this game coming up against Mexico. You know, they just lost against the U.S., so... Yeah, 2 we, nothing. Yeah, so we have Mexico-U.S. at 14 points each. And Canada's at 15, uh, at 13 points. Nipping s- at
1: their heels. Nipping yeah.
0: right there. And that's the thing. We're playing Mexico with that important win against Costa Rica. We're right there. Now we're playing Mexico. We get a win against Mexico and maybe even a favorable result, a draw or a loss for the U.S., We find ourselves in first place in one match.
1: The table is so tight from two to seventh place. There's only a handful of points separating everyone here. And Canada needs to continue this strong, strong run of games. And, you know, top three in our group automatically qualify for Qatar.
0: Yep. And the fourth place, there is a possibility you have to go into a playoff round. But, you know, we don't want to do it that way. Let's do it. Let's get this done. This is the best we've seen our team perform in can't remember. Our lives. Really, pretty much. And, I mean, we've had good teams in the past, and we've had some really, really dodgy calls that have cost us tournaments or qualifications to tournaments. but looking past all that it's still the most talented team I would say that we have ever had so let's go for it boys is that not right we get that we go for that and we we're in and and let's get let's qualify for a world cup before we actually have to host it and then that that shuts all the people up that have been saying things like oh yeah well Canada will qualify because they're hosting it and blah 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 and no, no, when we do host it, if we can qualify and and do something and just make ourselves known when we do host their tournament, you know, we'll we'll have a bit of an edge on some of these teams. They'll be thinking, "Hey, this team isn't the old the old Canada team that we've seen highlights of or maybe we've even played against in CONCACAF." Yeah. They're going to say, "No, this is a this is a new team and a scary team with some world-class talents."
1: It's a new era of Canadian soccer. You'll be back up in Edmonton on the 16th for the game against Mexico. 7.05 is the kickoff time for this one. Catch it on one soccer. My prediction, going into this one, Canada coming out with another three points over Mexico. 2-1 final.
0: My prediction is snow. No. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. There's going to be snow. And actually... Maybe that plays to our favor. Yep. Maybe we play a gritty game. I'm going with a 1-0 victory, Canada. Yep. Let's go, Canada, and let's get a win.
1: Let's go, Canada. Let's go, Cavs. They're in their final push, too. They're playing on the 16th and the 20th. So get your tickets for that semifinal game here at Aco Field.
0: Yeah, it's going to be important games, and, you know, that's... that's possibly again the last game that's going to be yep. in in calgary so um whether they move on or not it's all dependent on the next game which is going to be on sunday november 21st that's forge against york united so keep your eye on that that's at tim bits field or wait is it T- tim bits field i can't re- i think oh. it's beaver bits oh okay yeah 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 Beaverbits
1: yeah. field yeah but anyway, that about does it for another episode of the Bow River Brigade podcast. Music is brought to you by local Calgarian musician Mitch Belot. Visit him online at his website, That's mitchbelot.com. That's M-I-T-C-H-B-E-L-O-T tcom Check out his Instagram and Twitter to find out when the latest shows are.
0: Follow us on social media at BRBFooty. That's B R B F O O T Y. And also, if you want to give us some hate mail, anything like that, shoot us an email at BRBfooty at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, love to get everyone into the conversation. And until next time, march on.
0: BRB.